you are now about to experience the Revive Effect. My name is Matt Celestio, entrepreneur and holistic health specialist. And if you're ready to start your health journey but don't know where to begin, you are in the right place. At Revive, we create better ways of living for our generation by changing the conversation around health. And each episode shows you exactly how to build health into your life. You'll unlock tactics to improve your sleep, nutrition, anxiety, self-talk, and mind. Break free from quick fix culture because it's time you learn to love your body and start to feel like the real you again. Welcome to The Revive Effect. Hey, and welcome back to yet another episode of the TRE Podcast, The Revive Effect Podcast. Your host, Matt Celestio here. Thank you for spending some time with me today. I'm always excited to have you here because I've having I've been having a lot of conversations with a lot of the clients, the users, the people that really just make up this beautiful revive community. And I asked them what they're struggling with the most and where they struggle with in general. And this might be you. This might be you because there was a common pattern in every single conversation that I had with people. And that big pattern was lack of knowledge and I don't know where to begin. I have not and I have no idea of what's going on on that internet landscape. It is so confusing. There is a bombardment of information, low carb, high carb, lift this, don't lift that. It's almost too overwhelming to the point where people say, I don't even want to begin because I don't know if I'm going to do it right. And I just feel helpless. I feel helpless. And that's why this episode today is really empowering for you because it's all about answering those questions especially around getting into the gym, building some strength, adding a little more muscle mass to you, a little more shape, some curves, some just some extra strength that, again, everybody wants. And today we have a really great guest, Maida Comic, and we're going to dive into debunking the common myths around weightlifting for women especially. But again, guys, if you're listening, you're going to get some value out of this too because knowing where to begin is literally like 80% of the battle. Um, because you can be getting in the gym every day wondering why you're not seeing results. And it might be because you're doing the wrong thing. Somebody puts you in the wrong direction or you just have some really bad information that might actually hurt you or make your body just feel really, really terrible. So that's why this episode today, uh, Maida, she is exceptional. And here's a little bit about her because you're going to understand why this episode is so empowering and why Maida is the perfect guest for our podcast. So not only is Maida a awesome personal trainer who's always on that social media guiding and educating people as well as handling her own client load. She is the owner of a really empowering company called Women Who Lift dedicated to just helping women transition in the gym, understand what they're doing, how to do it, uh, specifically for their goals, for what they want. And she is really building this amazing company that is empowering for women. And that's one of the biggest things for her mission, for her why. It's to empower women to lift weights in the gym and feel confident in the gym. I know how intimidating it can feel going to the to the gym, especially if you don't know what you're doing. I still remember my first time going to the gym. I go, I have no idea what any of these machines do. There's ropes in the gym. What are we doing with these ropes? Um, there was just so much equipment. It was so overwhelming. And I'm so grateful that I had one of my buddies guide me through that process because I honestly probably never would have continued out if I didn't actually seek that guidance, if I didn't actually seek that mentorship. And Maida is one of these amazing mentors, these authorities within the community that allows us to have this conversation today to hopefully do exactly what happened for me in the gym 
and get us in there on a consistent basis to make us feel good, confident in our choices and actions and show up consistently for ourselves. So what you can expect today in the episode, obviously we're going to debunk a lot of the biggest misconceptions around weightlifting. Again, do you have to be on the treadmill to lose weight? Can weightlifting help with that? Is it going to make you look bulky? Does it, is it going to make you fill out too much? We're going to dive in deep on that and show you that there's a different perspective that you need to hear. We'll also go over some of Maida's personal stories with her clients and understanding where most women's biggest fears around weightlifting lie and exactly how to overcome that. We're also going to dive into food guilt and not beating yourself up for not always staying on track along this journey because as much as health and wellness was with fitness and in the gym, when you're not in the gym is like another big portion of the journey and we dive into exactly how to navigate that. We talk about the foundational basics that you wish or that she wishes everyone knew around weightlifting because most of the time, and I believe this personally, we overcomplicate everything to the point where we don't even take action. So we're going to dive in deep on those foundations that really move the needle and how simple, consistent actions can really get you closer to your goals. And then we're going to go over a ton of different mistakes that you need to avoid and you should stop doing right now if you are doing that and exactly what to do instead. So there's tons of information coming up. There's tons of great conversations. She's also a joy to be around. So it's a very entertaining episode. And I'm really looking forward for you to get some value out of this information so you feel confident in the gym. So you stop feeling scared and intimidated and disempowered. I want you to show up feeling good, ready to hit that gym, gym session uh, to knock it out of the park. So you're going to find exceptional value in this episode today. Now, if you are interested in getting in that gym and wondering what your next steps are after this podcast, I have some good news for you. Number one, you can connect with Maida. She's fantastic. I will advocate for everything that she does. So have a look over to her links. I've linked them in the show notes below. Check out her social feeds so you can take that next steps and maybe even work with her. So I invite you to check that out. But as you're at Revive, if you're looking to work with Revive, I got really good news for you, especially if you're looking to get into the gym. We are launching a Body Sculptor Kickstarter online program. It's entirely self-paced. It's entirely private. That teaches you everything you need to know to stop feeling intimidated in the gym, to know exactly what actions to take, to know exactly how to work out for your goals and for your desires, and then do it in a way that feels fun, that feels enjoyable, that doesn't feel like dreaded, agonizing work. So I'm going to invite you again, look at those show notes below, have a look over to our um, Revive Academy page, which is launching. So you're going to get access to this Body Sculptor Kickstarter, as well as a breadth of other programs from anxiety, gut health, nutrition, everything in between. But what you can expect in this Body Sculptor Kickstarter, we're going to talk about how to break free from the conventional belief and um, paradigm around this social media culture and social media fitness and again, break down more misconceptions so you actually feel educated around this topic. We'll dive into exactly how to work out, how to work out to build muscle, to improve your heart health, to look curvier, to look fitter, whatever it is, we cover that in the program. We also give you um, different tactics for rest and recovery outside the gym, holistic tactics, improve your sleep, improve your nutrition. So that way, not only do you feel better, but your body feels better. And we guide you exactly through that. Then we wrap up with consistency and motivation so that way you know how to stay disciplined. Take that consistent action and you actually feel in control during your journey. I give you science-backed tactics for that as well. I'm the host of this program. I put my blood, sweat, and tears into it. So I know you're going to find, again, more value with this program. And I also, as a cherry on top, I give you step-by-step -step workouts with pictures uh, to show you the form, the equipment you need to use. 
and we even give you at-home workouts that you can follow along to with video. This is entirely all-inclusive. All you got to do is show up to this program, and it's going to walk you step-by-step through that entire process. So I invite you to check that out. We're launching in January. Get on that wait list so I can hit you back with the details when we are ready to go. And again, you can take advantage of that. But without further ado, the reason we are here today, let's jump into this episode with Maida so we can really debunk these common myths around weightlifting for women and men. And yeah, let's just dive right in because this is a power-packed episode and I'm excited to share this opportunity with you. So let's get going. Okay, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for tuning in to yet another episode of the TRE, The Revive Effect. I'm your host, Matt Celesio here. And you guessed it, yes, we have another exceptional guest today, Maida Comic. Maida, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I know we have been like a year in the making for this podcast, so it's finally nice to sit down on the mics and again, tackle a topic that a lot of people talk about and that you have gone through yourself and even can you talk about daily on a daily basis with your clients, right? Yeah, definitely. So how are you feeling coming into this? Do you have an intention that you want to bring forth um, that you hope to relate to our listeners today? Just kind of spread some valuable information and get people maybe thinking a little bit differently about their goals and fitness, especially women. Love it. Love that. Yeah. So let's dive right into it. So you have a very cool company and a very cool mission. And I would love if you could tell women a little bit about what exactly you do. Yeah, of course. So I have a brand called Women Who Lift, and it, of course, is catered to women in the fitness industry. So a lot of the women that we work with are actually like brand new beginners. We like to kind of say that we're the gateway into the fitness world for somebody that's never lifted weights or, you know, worked on their fitness before. So we definitely want to, again, provide valuable information from the beginning versus when people find information online, it can be very confusing. Mm. So when you say gateway, what do you mean by that into the fitness industry? So the way I like to do things is really build a strong foundation first before people go on and do more complicated things. So that's how I like to, that's why we like to work with beginners is to give them an opportunity to learn the basics first and then build on them. Yeah, I totally agree with that because honestly, everybody's trying to jump into the next, the complex, all the super granular things. Meanwhile, are you doing the foundations? Are you doing the essential things? That's what truly moves the needle, right? Exactly. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time on the small details without looking at the bigger picture of, you know, what is my first step versus, you know, wanting people wanting to start at step 10. Exactly. And then that just kind of sets them up for failure. Yeah, they don't think it's for them. It's too hard. They can't grasp it, right? Yeah, it's overwhelming. Overwhelming. No, I couldn't agree with you more. So then in terms of weightlifting, you probably hear a lot of these uh, through your day to day. What are some of the biggest misconceptions around weightlifting you hear time and time again with clients who first sign with you? Yeah, so a lot of times what I get often is women either don't think they should do certain things or they think they can't, right? They look at, you know, things that have been said many times in the past and in society where they're like, you know, I can't lift heavy or I can't do that movement or I need to train like a woman. Whereas when you really look at training, it's really a stimulus in the body and men and women can train the same, right? It really is more so goal-based. So men usually have different goals. Women have usually different goals. So women may train differently, but because their goals are different. So that's often something I hear where, you know, I shouldn't do this because I'm a woman. Well, it depends on what your goal is. What is it that you want to do? 
Mm. So did you ever even have some of those misconceptions or those even limiting beliefs when you first started your journey? What did that look like? You know what? When I first started, I had a very cardio, I had a very cardio based approach to fitness. Um, one of my goals, one of my main goals was to actually grow muscle and to build more. And I don't know why, but I thought running would do that. So I spent a lot of time on the treadmill, not to lose weight, but thinking it would grow my legs and I would build muscle that way. And to be honest, not until I went to school and started training um, other clients and myself did I realize I completely did the wrong thing. Why? Did you end up losing some muscle, actually, because you started cardio? I didn't lose muscle. To be honest, I didn't really have... I feel like I didn't have a lot of it to begin with, but I wasn't reaching my goals because I wasn't doing the right thing. And that's something that I see often is women have very specific goals, but they don't end up reaching them because they're not doing the right thing. You know, a lot of women want to get toned, aka build muscle. That's really what they want to do. They want tone in their body. They want to build muscle, but they end up doing things like circuit training. They're not lifting. They're not, you know, increasing their stimulus. They're not progressively overloading their muscle. They're really in a way just doing cardio, but with weights. So a lot of women say they are weight training, but they're doing cardio with weights. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but that usually doesn't give the woman the goal that they're looking for. Yeah, well, that even, I guess, ties into the misconceptions we're talking about because women believe they have to be tied to a certain training style. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of the weight training that women do in classes, especially, is very high rep cardio based. And again, nothing wrong with that. But that usually doesn't build the the kind of muscle mass women want to see the tone in their body. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I even from my personal experience, I have a friend that always would ask me, what level on the treadmill do I need to have an incline for me to look curvy? I was like, don't go on the treadmill. What do you mean? Why are you on the (laughs) treadmill? But She couldn't let go of that belief because she believed that the cardio or the whatever, the treadmill was the best way to go about building muscle. Yeah. And guys would never say that. Guys skip cardio. You can't flex cardio. That's literally how it goes. Yeah. So to see the polarizing dynamic between the two uh, genders, it it goes to show you how many misconceptions are really out there. Yeah, definitely. And it is intimidating for a woman because when you do walk into a weight room, it is a lot of men, right? And that's where, you know something like Woman Who Lift, is trying to break that and introduce women more onto the weight, weight room so that they feel more comfortable, they have the knowledge, they have the confidence to go out on the gym floor and not care if there are men there, if they're the only female or not, but to go in and do their thing anyways because that's how you get specific results. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I love that you're tying that in now because my follow-up question for you would be, where do you find most of your women's struggles and fears lie within weightlifting? Like, where do they fear the most? I think it's just lack of confidence and lack of knowledge. Um, you know, they're scared of looking silly. They're scared of doing the wrong thing. They're scared of, you know, other people's judgments or people looking at them, right? Where if you walk in confidently and if you walk in knowing your stuff, you're not really going to care about those things. Obviously, it does take time to build that. And that's where I like to, you know, start small. But... I think a lot of those sort of fears are are within ourselves, right? And and that's where, you know, mindset is a big part of it as well, not just going to the gym. You have to be ready to change your mindset also, not just your physical. That is such a big... I love, <laughs> the wink was killer. Um, no, that's a very powerful thing to say. We're actually... We're going to put a pin in that because we're going to touch on that uh, later down the podcast episode. Where I want to touch on right now is where you said a lot of the struggle come from lack of knowledge and awareness. 
And I believe this is how you train your clients, right? It's not necessarily just a, here's a workout plan. Here's what you're going to do. Go do it. Yep. It's like, here's why we're going to do it. Here's how you're going to adapt it. Here's why it's beneficial to you. So that way they can actually make decisions themselves and they feel confident making those decisions, right? Exactly. A lot of how I train my clients and my classes is I ask them questions. So they build the, they build the confidence finding the answers themselves, right? Because a lot of times people are looking for the answer. They're like, well, what do I eat? What do I do? What do I, you know, et cetera. But if I start asking them questions to be like, okay, if your goal is this, what do you think you need to do to get there? And, you know, not everybody's going to have the answer and I guide them as much as I can, but I don't try to just lay out the answers right away. I try to get my clients thinking. Otherwise, you're always going to rely on somebody, right? And you're not going to trust yourself to know what to do. So I think an important part of it as well is to be like, okay, I can figure this out or I do have the answers. Maybe you have to look, maybe you have to ask the right questions. Well, doing that exact approach, it actually puts your clients and people in a place of empowerment rather than, like you said, reliance. I've had clients for me personally, they'll call me at eight o'clock at night during the grocery store. They go, can I eat sunflower seeds? That's not how I want to train you. I want you to know confidently, yeah, I'm going to have sunflower seeds because I need that protein, I need some good fat and it's healthy whole food. That's where you come in and you actually start making decisions for your health that move the needle and you feel confident doing that. No, I totally agree. Let's transition this conversation right now. Let's focus on women who are scared to lift weights out of fear of looking bulky or who are already more quote unquote full. You know, her thought isn't to hop on the squat rack. It's to hop on that treadmill, like kind of like we spoke about before. They want to slim down when they believe cardio is the only thing that works for them. And they think that building weights is going to make them heavier or more full. Now, if that woman was standing here right here today, what would you say to her right now? So the way I like to teach training and, you know, fitness in general is I look at three different things. I look at weight training in the gym is things that are adding to your body. So you're adding strength, you're adding mobility, you're adding, you know, maybe muscle mass, you're adding, you're, you're creating a better machine and a more efficient machine by lifting weights. Nutrition is really the biggest game changer when it comes to changing your body composition. So for somebody that, let's say, maybe is a little bit more plus size and they want to, you know, lose weight, I would say you can still have the same training program. Your results will really vary in your nutrition. Mm. So whether or not you are going to the gym or not isn't, you know... Whether or not you're lifting weights or not isn't going to be about weight loss and weight gain. That's all going to be about muscle building and strength. I like to focus more on nutrition, on weight loss and weight gain. So no matter where you're starting out from, a mix and combination of both is really ideal. Yeah, no, yeah I definitely agree with you and working on them in tandem because I'm a nutrition geek. I love it mm-hmm. and I see exactly where you're coming from. But even weight training is very beneficial for weight loss because you transfer the fat into muscle, right? It's a very... I want to say like interconnected relationship because not only are you changing like the body composition of like maybe something that's a little more softer, a little more not as strong. So once you start to build that muscle, things start to become a little more curvy, a little more tight. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, I like to say that weight training is more of a long term investment and then things like cardio and nutrition is a short term investment. Weight training is so helpful for so many things. Technically, you kind of don't see it until later on, though. You can manipulate, you know, fat loss, weight loss with nutrition a little bit easier. Yes, it still takes time. But again, I like to really focus on weight training as a long-term lifestyle solution versus something that's you're in and out. 
Yeah, which I feel most people are doing nowadays, right? Let me just grind in the gym and get the heck out of here. Yeah, like I definitely think people try to do too much too soon sometimes or they're trying to go all out every single workout where you want progressive overload. You want to do things at the correct pace. Otherwise, you're asking for injuries. Otherwise, you're asking for, you know, overwhelm. And then you just end up being one day, you know what, forget this. It's too much. And then you stop. Right. Mm. It's really about building that lifestyle and to build that lifestyle. It has to be bite size and something that you can sustain. Yeah. So, you know what? You just you point out a great term in there. And I'd love if you could just break it down simply for listeners, because they might not understand. You said progressive overload. What is that and why should you focus on that in the gym? Like why? Why do you teach that? Yeah. So progressive overload is let's say one week you lift 20 pounds at a certain exercise, maybe in a few weeks that same exercise. Now you're lifting 30 pounds. Right. There's lots of different ways that you can progressively overload. Lifting more weights is one of them. Sometimes adding reps, adding sets is another way. Right. Even slowing down your movements is a way to progressive overload as well if you slow down your reps. But progressive overload is really how you see more changes. You're just adding a little more work, a little more effort to a little more intensity. Yeah. Yeah. More intensity to, you know, further progress. So on this topic of nutrition we just spoke about, let's transition a little bit into relationships with food, especially for a woman starting to lift weights or just even getting into the gym. I feel our culture is really tarnished. Our relationship with food is all around this guilt, caloric restriction. We, we worry about every morsel of food we put into our bodies. Uh, people only eat salads. They go to bed hungry, right? It's just this whole negative cycle that I feel everybody's in. I've struggled with it a little bit, maybe on the other side, so I can understand where people get or come from. But on this topic of eating, I feel like self-talk plays a huge component of that. It's almost entirely self-talk. So how do you personally navigate that self-talk around food guilt and not beating yourself up for not always, quote-unquote, staying on track? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, definitely. So I think knowledge is always, like, the very base of everything, right? So a lot of people, you know, feel guilty or they're not eating certain things or they're giving themselves restrictions or rules or whatever because they're not really understanding energy balance, right? And when you understand how to eat and what your food looks like and what nutrients are, what calories are, what proteins are, their role in the body, right? Because we do need all three. We do need carbs, we do need fats, we need proteins. Everything has a very important and specific role in our body. And when we start to demonize one thing or one food or you know any singular thing, then it puts us in a position of I can't do this and I can't do that. And then eventually things like binging happen, right? So I think knowledge is really the first point of like, okay, let me sit down and take one meal, break it apart. What does that look like to you, right? What are the calories? You know, what are the nutrients? And finding sort of like a balance of enjoying your foods, understanding what nutrients you're getting in and really understanding energy balance because calories can be very like scary and triggering for people where if you really just understand calories or energy and your body needs energy, it's just a matter of how much of it, then it becomes easier to make decisions and then it becomes a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, well, even on top of this topic of calories, like not all calories are the same, right? So don't get hung up on, you know, consuming X amount of calories because you can only have X amount of calories. What are those calories going to do for your body? Are you eating Doritos, 300 calories of Doritos, or are you eating 300 calories of like rice and veggies? That's going to be entirely different in the body. You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel sluggish. You're going to feel energized and you're going to feel alive. So even understanding that concept alone, I think really 
dampens the negativity around calories in a sense, right? There's not as much guilt tied to it because you know you're nourishing your body through those calories, right? Yeah, and I think just understanding and finding that balance, what that looks like for you, like, you know, nourishing your body and then being okay with certain treats here and there creates a balance and more sustainable so that you don't end up having guilt. You don't end up having anxiety about food because then you're like, this is okay and it works for my goals. But you have to get to a point where you, you have to get to a point where you understand it. And if you don't understand it, it's going to be this big, scary thing. And you're really not going to know what you're doing and how to, how to navigate it. It's disempowering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even one thing I'll throw in here before we keep transitioning when people always say, I can't have this, I can't eat that food, or I can't do that, change the narrative, change the self-talk to, I don't eat that. Mm-hmm. I don't do that for my body. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I don't really, I don't eat fast food. Mm-hmm. I don't say, oh, I can't have it. I can. I can mm-hmm. eat fast food every day if I want. Mm-hmm. But knowing the person I want to become, knowing my goals, what I want to do with my fitness, I don't eat McDonald's. The person mm-hmm. that I want to become doesn't eat McDonald's. So changing that internal dialogue allows you to feel in a place of empowerment rather than restrict. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, okay, we're talking about education. We're talking about mm-hmm. becoming empowered. It's all about knowledge, right? Um, I feel in our day and age, it's very hard to be knowledgeable around weightlifting because there's just like a bombardment of information, right? People are saying lift heavy, lift moderate, more reps, less reps, lift six days, lift three days a week. Like nobody mm-hmm. knows. It's overwhelming. Like when I first started out learning stuff, I go, what's even right? Can I eat carbs? Do I need to go to the gym? Like, I don't know. Like, and that was me, somebody mm-hmm. who runs a business. And now you also run a business around health and wellness. So now on our journey, I believe people are overcomplicating exercise a little too much. And it overwhelms us to the point where we just don't do it or we give up too easily. And you talk about this foundation, building this foundation. What are some simple things that you wish everyone knew around this topic of foundational exercise? I think starting small is one of the most underrated things, right? You don't go from zero to 100, you go from zero to 10 and then 10 to 20 and then 10 to 30. So when people are feeling overwhelmed, I always ask them, what's one thing you can do this week, right? It might not be, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. It might be, I'm going to go to the gym once this week. That becomes a lot easier for people to do. And once they do that one, more than likely, it'll end up being two, it'll end up being three right? So I always tell people, what's one small thing that you can do this week? And then that ends up snowballing, right? It's always about starting small and then building on that because with all the information out there, and there's a ton of information out there, you have to really find out what works for you, right? And what works for your friend, what works for your mother, what works for your, you know, friend, coworker, coworker right? Whatever, yeah. um, might not work for you, right? You can't compare your journey and your schedule to someone that has no kids if you have kids. You can't control or you can't compare your schedule with somebody that works a nine to five versus someone that works overnights, right? Everybody has a different lifestyle and a different schedule and different demands in their body. So you really have to start and do what works for you. Small foundational elements that you can build on. Exactly. So then for you, when you started out, what would like a foundational thing be for you when you started out? Give us like a concrete example here. For me, when I started, I really focused on the compound movements and really, really focused on form. So, you know, I get a lot of girls asking me like, oh, I want to do split squats. And I'm like, can we first do step ups? Right. Can we first do, you know, a lunge before we move on to something else? Right. So I think starting with really basic foundational movements Something simple and getting really good at it is important. So I just focused on form and technique. And I didn't focus on what weight I was 
I was um, I didn't focus on what weight I was using. I was really just focusing on doing things correctly because when you do them correctly, it feels better and you leave the gym feeling pretty good. When something feels off, when you feel like you're not doing something right, you leave the gym and you're like, I don't feel great. Like, I feel like I failed at that because it wasn't good. So you want to really start off doing things well, even if they're small. Yeah, and it even makes it easier to progress because you've mastered the basics. You've mastered all the foundation to build the more complex things. Exactly. Yeah, there's a beautiful quote I heard one time. It says, people mistake foundational for too easy, for too basic. Mm -hmm. Foundational means essential. Yes. Uh You need to do the essential work to progress, right? Not every millionaire was like, I got a million bucks. No, they started with whatever, 200, 300 bucks. And you work your way up. They built a foundation and then slowly built. And it's the same here, applicable with fitness, with nutrition, with whatever it is in, li- in life. No, I've, I've never heard that quote and I really like it and completely stand by it. Love it. Love it. Okay, so then what's the biggest mistake you see women dealing with when they try to start working out consistently on that topic of consistency? I think just doing too much too soon and do, whether that be days of exercise or whether that be weights, they want to lift the heaviest weight right away. But if you're not engaging, if you're not connected, if you're not doing things correctly, then again, that's just asking for injury. That's asking for you not feeling good after your workout. So I think people just do too much too soon. It's just overwhelming. It's you're, you're doing the things that aren't even necessary to find results, which usually come again from those foundational aspects, right? I think people are tied to this idea that they have to do one specific thing to get a result, whereas there are a magnitude of things that they probably have to do. No, it's not one exercise. No, it's not one food. It's a number of things that you have to do to get to your results, but it's not going to be next week. It's not going to be next month. It's going to take some more time, but you have to do all of those things together. And again, doing all those things at once is overwhelming. So again, what is the first step? And then gradually add to your plate as you progress. A hundred percent. No, no, I couldn't agree with you more. Let's transition the conversation here to social media. We have this whole industry of Instagram fitness, right? What's one thing you wish you could change in that industry if you could? That's a really good question. I think show the boring stuff because everybody is all glamorous online and they're showing you the next big exciting exercise. They're showing you the heaviest weights that they're lifting. They're showing you all the great fun things but people aren't showing enough of the boring things. And that's where the misconception comes in that doing the boring things don't work because people aren't showing that. And yes, it's not good for like, and yes, it's not good for good content, but it's more educational. It's more valuable. And it really sets the tone for people to understand fitness a bit more. It's what actually moves the needle. A hundred percent. Well, it's funny you say that. I literally was in the gym. I think it was two days ago and I was hitting, I think it was shoulders. Okay. And I go, I've been hitting shoulders since like 2016 and I can sit more or less. It's the same kind of movements. Obviously you switch it up again, you change intensity, blah, blah, blah. But, but yeah, I, essentially the exercises are the same and it really goes to show like my body has been, it's definitely more strong when I started out and compared to other people in the gym who are starting out, but I've been doing the foundational things over and over and over and then gradually building mm-hmm. and I can really see it play out. So yeah, it is a little boring for some people, but at the same time, it really does move the needle. So then women listening right now, even men, because this is very applicable to both, how can they navigate this digital landscape so they know they're putting in practices that truly benefit them and their bodies and their goals? Like how do they break through that noise and find the real actionable, valuable information? I I think it can be very difficult, actually, especially if you're looking online to all these influencers, everything that is 
information just thrown at you. I think really sitting down with yourself and figuring out what your goals are first is really valuable because people don't really know what their goals are sometimes. And if you don't know what your goals are, you don't know how to get to them, right? So I think just sitting with yourself and figuring out what you want out of it versus what social media tells you, what you know, this trainer tells you, what society tells you, like figure out what you want your goals to be, but also figure out if what it takes to get to your goals and if you're actually willing to do it or give those things up. Because a lot of people want goals that aren't realistic and they're not willing to do the things to get there. So you kind of have to decide like, this is my goal. Can I do it? And am I willing to do what it takes to get there too? Wow, that's very powerful. That's very powerful. And honestly, the one thing that stuck out for me there was when you said know your goals before you go looking for information. Because I think it's very easy to get swayed into something you don't really want to do because that's all you're seeing. Oh, definitely. Right? It's very easy to look at one person and be like, oh, I want that. But it's like, do you really, though? Or are you? do you just want that because you're seeing it? Right. So I think ignore the outside noise and figure out what you want for your goals. And then then seek out information that will get you to that destination. Because then again, it might be easier to find that information because you're looking for something very specific. Exactly. And that's why when I talk about goals, I'm always talking about smart goals. And that might be like the easiest, most obvious thing ever because everyone talks about that. But when you really talk about smart goals, then you can really be specific and figure out what it is you want. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That's amazing. So then even on this point, let's wrap up with this uh, awesome question here. I always say this, and I would love to get your perspective on it. Like, we don't need more science-backed plans, more strict plans, more all these counters, all these trackers. Like, sometimes we don't need that. We just need to know how to stop getting in our own way. And I think majority of the time, it's totally mental. Mental is where people need to focus as one of the foundations, like you say, to start moving the needle consistently. What's your perspective on this? And what's your even personal experience with this? I think just slowing down is a really big part of it as well. Because again, in this day, in this day and age, everything is very fast paced, right? And it's hard to change your mindset. It's hard to change what it is you want to do. And it's hard to even learn if you're constantly being bombarded with like what your next thing is. Oh, I have to go do X, Y, and Z. Like, I think slowing things down will be really helpful and not only figuring out your goals, but like changing your mindset as well, because then you're able to reflect to be like, how do I act right now? And how can I change that? Right. But if you're not reflecting on what your current habits are, what your current mindset is, then how are you going to change that? Yeah. I think even one thing that helps me out with what you just said is imagine the person you want to become. What do they, what do they embody? What skills do they embody? What mindset do they embody? How do they think? And then literally act in alignment with that. And it's a matter of time before it catches up to you in reality. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So Maida, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, Power Pact episode. Um, thank you so much. Where can listeners connect with you if they want to work with you, they want to learn more about you? Where's the best place we can send them? Yeah, on Instagram and our website, just Woman Who Lift. We'll search them up and we'll be there. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to link that in the show notes wherever you're listening to this, ladies and gentlemen. So have a click over, check out her stuff. She's awesome. She's got some great content and her clothing line is top notch. Anyways, Maida, thank you for coming on the show. We really do love having you here. Thanks so much for having me.